Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. There's parts of Genesis that make sense in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, when Jesus comes and he starts to tie together the book of Genesis and everything in between. It's crazy. The Bible is crazy. So what one of the good practice to do is not to approach the Bible all at once trying to understand the whole book. You're not going to. It's going to confuse the living daylights out of you. Just understand like one of the books. And we thought we'd do James. We felt that this is a great book and we felt the Lord sort of guiding us to lead, to, to talk about this book. It's, it's a book about living wives. That's what it is. It's, it's a book about, since I believe what I believe, since I believe and follow Jesus, well, this is how I need to act. That's what James is kind of going through. He's like, okay, now that you're all believers, now that you're all, you know, these people who follow Christ, you, this is how you should live, okay? This is most of what James is about, all right? So we're going to start with chapter 1. You ready? Let's read this. James chapter 1. I'm going to start from verse 2 because verse 1 is like, hello. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you, you, you already probably by reading it will get that. And like, oh, he's saying, saying hello. Okay. So he said, then he says this, Consider it pure joy, <clears throat> my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, and its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed in the same way the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Now, I just need to stop there for a second, because a lot of people have got this one little thing, they've used this for the wrong. James is not having a go at rich people. Okay? Because that wouldn't be consistent with the rest of the Bible. Okay? When you look at all the patriarchs of the Old Testament, when you think about Abraham, when you think about Moses, when you think about Noah, when you think about David, when you think about Solomon, when you think about all of these guys, these guys weren't poor. Okay? They weren't. Even when you talk about Jesus, you don't have a treasurer when you're poor. You don't need a treasurer when you're poor. Do you understand? Jesus had enough to look after 12 disciples traveling. Could you imagine if we were to go, okay, I'm going to take 12 disciples, I'm going to travel the world right now and give the gospel. You'd be like, Rhino, where are you getting the money from, buddy? Okay, Jesus had the money in order to do that. Do you understand? Okay, this is not about being poor and it's not a shot at rich people, but you have to understand what James was trying to say. What James was trying to say, he was trying to say this is the rich people have the same destination as the poor people. 
That's what he's saying. He's saying for all the confidence we put in money, for all of the, the, the confidence that, 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 that money gives us, at some point it's going to fall through. At some point it's going to fall through. That's what he's saying. He's trying to help the rich by saying, listen, don't put your confidence in that. It's okay with you being rich. And there's other parts of the Bible that talk about generosity and all of that sort of, it's okay to have enough. But the moment you put your confidence in that and begin to look at that, and money is one of those things, man, we can totally, it's like a false hope until such time as we realize, hold on a second, I'm lying here on my deathbed and I'm spending all this money with these doctors and they can't do a thing for me and I'm about to go and meet my maker. You know, it's, it's moments like that where we go, okay, I need God. He is more powerful. And it's moments like that where people look back and go, man, I wish I knew God when I was back then because I wouldn't be here. You know, it's... Anyway, I think you get what I'm trying to say, right? I just needed to... I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this a little more, but I'll keep going. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood their test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's a lot to kind of soak in here. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits to all he created. Amen. Let's go home. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. This is the word of God, right? So, one of the things that I kind of, as I was studying this, that I, I thought about is how do, how do I actually explain this? And what is, what is James actually talking about here? Because it would seem like he's jumping from topic to topic. But what you've got to see in this scripture as you read it is there is a persona here. There is a persona. And that persona, that person, if you can imagine, the persona that is presented in this scripture, and it's a, it's a, it's a person with a question mark in their face. That's my creativity, aren't I? Amazing. And that, that person is asking, what do I do? Uh, what do I have? And uh, I want to. Because he, he starts it off with, he starts it off with, um, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Okay? And it's like he's saying, consider it pure. That is like counterintuitive. That doesn't even make sense. Consider it pure joy. What is this idiot talking about? Like, oh, is this like, are you serious, James? I don't feel joyful. Anybody here feel joyful when they f face trials? It's like I just, I'm just going through such a hard time. I'm so glad about it. What's James getting at? He's got a point. If you think of this, the first point about this persona, this person we're talking about, um, is it's a person who's facing a trial. Okay? It's a person who's 
facing a trial. And they're asking this question, I'm facing this trial, so what should I do? So, so James is saying, well, yep, okay, when you're facing these trials, first thing to do is to consider it pure joy. Thanks, James. Okay, I'm going to go and listen to something a little more inspiring. But his point is not based on a choice of just being joyful, okay? Have you seen Christians do this sometimes? Like, they're going through a hard time and, and it's just, they're like, I'm just making a choice to be joyful, right? But there's no why behind that. Nothing wrong with choosing to be joyful in hard times. I think it's a good practice. But that's not what James is. He's not, he's not just saying, okay, okay, step one, when you go through hard times, just be joyful, Right? And that's how we get that sort of that disconnected kind of practice where it's like, oh, I just praise the Lord, praise the Lord. How are you? I'm fine, you know, by the, by the blood of God and, you know, I'm amazing and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. It's like, no, no, that's, that doesn't make sense. That's not what James was saying. What James is saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. And it's the second part because you know that the testing, okay, this is his point, the testing of your faith, faith produces perseverance. Now, this word perseverance is an interesting word. In the NIV, it's translated as perseverance. In other versions, it's translated as steadfastness. Okay? Steadfastness. Now, now this, this word steadfastness, um, it looks like this. It's, it's when there's adversity, when there's temptation, when there's persecution, uh, in Christ what that is beginning to produce in you is this staying power. Or another, another way to explain the word that he uses is, is, is hero, heroic endurance. Heroic endurance. Uh, in Australia, I remember meeting a Navy SEAL who was explaining to me the training that he had to go through in order to pass. One of the trainings that he had to do was he had to, he got dropped out in the middle of the ocean, okay, by a gigantic ship. And he had to get on the front of that ship, hold on to it with his scuba gear on, right? And hold on to it and go from A to B. Like he had underwater, like for hours. I was like, are you serious? What kind of training is that? That's just madness. But what they were doing is they're putting endurance in these people, right? They're putting steadfastness in these people so that when it comes to the time to protect their nation, right, no matter what, these people are trained to do it. Thank God for them. We need to pray for our armies, right? We need to lift them up always and bless them and pray that they have wisdom and, and steadfastness for the sake of the peace of our nations. But this is, what, this is what James is saying. He's saying, consider it joy when you face trials because in Christ it's producing something in you that wouldn't be present otherwise. Do you understand? He's saying, get ready, because even though this trial might be hard, even though this trial might be difficult, even though it might really be terrible for you right now, Jesus is with you and He's producing something in you that wouldn't be produced any other way. You've got to go through this. That's what, you got to, that's, what, what, that's what James is saying. You've got to go through this. <laughs> I remember. Anyone 
ever done CrossFit. It's, it's crazy. Basically, it's, it's a whole lot of people who um, are pretending that they're elite athletes when they're really not, okay? It's like, <laughs> it's just crazy, right? <laughs> but I love it. I love it, okay? Uh, I, I've, I've done it. When I was living in Calaba, I started doing it. And I used to come down because we were literally living 100 meters from the uh, CrossFit gym. So I used to walk down. And now, uh, <laughs> I ain't never done anything upside down, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not an upside down guy. I, I don't know about you. I don't do anything upside down. I pretty much do everything with my head facing, like with my nose here and my mouth here, okay? But in CrossFit, they make you do things upside down. Okay, like I had, to, I had to learn how to do handstand push-ups. I can't do them anymore. Okay, I had to learn how to do handstand push-ups. And it, I'm telling you this story because um, at the time when I started CrossFit, it was fun and it was awesome. But then we, Rachel and I went through a bit of a trial. Now, I cannot remember what the trial it was. It was something to do with something that was hard. I think it was something to do with our funding had been chopped around and I think some funding was coming to an end abruptly and I, I was like, God, what am I going to do? How are we going to survive? How am I going to pay my rent and all of that sort of stuff? And I was, I was stressed. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I, I was so stressed, I was just getting, it was like, I'm, I'm a melancholic person, so I kind of walk through life thinking a lot, right? And praying a lot. And, and it was affecting me quite deeply. And uh, anyway... I'm doing these stupid handstand push-ups, okay? And I can't do them. I mean, handstand push-ups are hard because you're upside down, okay? For one, you're upside down. Next thing, your legs are in the air and, you know, you know I haven't got muscles, like, for that because I don't normally do it. So I'm, like, pushing, pushing, pushing to the point... And the, the, the trainers in CrossFit, they, like, they stand over and go, do it, do it, do it, yell! And they yell at you like this and you're like, shut up, leave me alone! I said that once to him once anyway. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> I got upset. But it wasn't this time. But this time I was I was pushing and I was like I could not get you know with muscle endurance stuff, there comes that point where your muscles just sort of fail. You know, you push yourself and then it's just like there's nothing there anymore. So I'm like and then I'm flopping on the floor like a dork and there's all of these super fit like guys, you know, and they're like yeah, I can do that in my sleep, you know. They're like having their dinner while they're doing it with one hand, sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, I'm halfway, and I just could not. And I'm like, I gotta get this because it'd been a few weeks, and I couldn't get it. I gotta get this, and I'm pushing. And I was in the middle of one of these handstand push-ups, and God spoke to me. <laughs> it was crazy. Okay, it was crazy. He's like, He spoke to me, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this I can't do this and the Lord spoke to me and he said Ryan how you feel right now is how you're feeling in your life and I just want you to know you can do this I'm gonna push you through and <laughs> so I was like and I started so you know it was a real like crazy moment you know God does this sometimes it was a crazy moment for me where I'm like <laughs> I started to sort of cry but I just made it out that I was just you know finding it hard and I being tough and all of that, like, yeah, I'm so tough. But I felt the Lord just say to me, I'm with you in this. It was producing something in me that that trial had to produce. That that trial was allowed by the Lord to produce something good in me. And, 
you know, you've got to understand something. For everything that you're going through, God's doing something. Even the bad stuff. Everything that you're going through, God is doing something. He is using it. You know, another part of the Bible says that, that, that all things turn together for those who trust. All things turn for good together for those who trust in the Lord. And as we trust God, even the really terrible stuff that are trials, the really horrible things that are unfair and unjust, with Christ in your life, with Him walking with you, I'm telling you something, it produces something good. So this is what James is saying. It's producing steadfastness. It's producing something good in you. And I'm just so grateful for this. But you know why? So sad this week uh, to read about the suicide of the Coffee Day CEO and founder. I mean, a proud Indian company. (laughs) I'm just so grateful that I am serving a God and that I believe in Jesus because he is okay with me failing in trial. God save a person whose God is success. God save a person whose God is control. God save a person whose God is money. Because when all of those things fail, what do you have? And what can all of those trials produce in you? Nothing. God save the person that gets to the end of that bottle after so many bottles and realizes that that bottle is no longer doing what it used to do. That that substance is no longer doing what it used to do. That that money is not doing what it used to do. I think the most empty person is the person who gets to the end of doing everything that they can, realizing that they're still empty. And that's what happened to our friend. And we pray for his family, Lord. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray, Lord, if there's children and cousins and uncles and Lord, whoever that debt has been left with, Lord, we pray you provide for them, God. We have to pray for these people. We have to stand. And that's why we're here as a church. But my point is this. My point is this. Thank God that when we have Jesus in our life, that we have strength, not emptiness. When you come to the Lord, when you bring your trials, when you bring your stuff to Him, He's going to walk you through it. But here's what James is encouraging in verse 4. And he brings a reminder. And he says this, let, let, let perseverance or steadfastness finish, it, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let it finish its work. He's bringing a reminder. There's other scriptures that that talk about this same theme, but James is the only one who says, hold on a second. Yes, these things are producing a good thing in you, but you have to remember that we can step out of what God is doing 
in the midst of trial. And who knows that trial is probably the most... Like, if you're going to be tempted, that's the place where it's going to probably be most tempting. You understand, right? I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about here. It's, it's trials where I fail. I'll be real with you. It's tribulation where I step outside of what God wants for me. I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to be Mr. Holy up here. We all struggle with this. and we're, That's why we're a church. We're together struggling in God. But we got to, James is saying, let your perseverance finish the work. Okay? So that you may be mature and complete. So the, so the next question is, is like when you're going, okay, I'm going to let this, let this, uh, I'm going to let this trial finish in me whatever it is whatever it is that it's meant to produce in me i'm not going to step out of this i'm going to trust god this is producing i'm going to be steadfast i'm going to be stronger as a result of this i'm going to have more faith than what i had before because of god and what he's doing in me in the midst of all of this trouble but 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 god but god what 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 shall i do what shall i do what do I need to do? And James says, but if any of you, in verse 5, if any of you lacks... You know, when you're asking that question, you're asking such a great question to God. You're asking the best question you can ask. I mean, the Bible just goes on and on and on about wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. There's a whole book of wisdom. Book of Proverbs. You should read it. It's a great book. Bible is a lot about wisdom. You know, if you, if you need wisdom, let me tell you something. Just go to the Bible. Trust it. It's the only source you need. It's the single source you need. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You should ask God. But <laughs> he gives a but. He says, and God gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. <laughs> you know, one of the mistakes I've seen, and this is particularly as a church planter here in India, is I have seen people try to get the Bible and add it to everything they already know. <laughs> doesn't work you'll be disappointed you'll get nowhere it's not how it works the bible says that that person because of their doubt oh, is it really true is it really true is god the only way is jesus the only one is it really true is the bible really and 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 our faith our faith what happens is we go from one, this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. You can't pick and choose with God. That's what I'm trying to say. What James says, and he's not beating around the bush, as I said, he says this. He says, that person who does that will be, will be, will be like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And then he says, that person shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in what they do. You've got, to, you've got to settle this in your heart, guys. There is God the Father. He sent His only Son, Jesus, to save us so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And he's given us the Bible as the guidebook that teaches us everything we need to know about it. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. It's all you need. Like, Scripture doesn't teach anything else. So there's no use uh, kind of beating around the bush with it. Because if we were to bleed around the bush and, oh, I don't want to offend anyone, listen, what happens is that person, because they don't truly know this God, they're not going to have the steadfastness that's offered by the Word of God. They're not going to have that perseverance that's offered by the, the Word of God. Because they're going to continue to keep trying everything. Being pragmatic, you can't be pragmatic with God. You've got to be single-minded. This is my God. This is who I follow. And I am 100% in His arms. I am trusting in Him. It's only then that he begins to actually sow in. It's only then. Like he can't otherwise. It's like just throwing a blessing anywhere. And, uh, and, and the Bible says also, like, <laughs> in, in a positive sense, that God is actually a jealous God. He's actually jealous. He gets jealous because he knows what he has to offer. And he gets jealous. It's only a lover who gets jealous. It's, it's not someone who doesn't love, who, who you know, if... I get, I get, sometimes I get jealous, Rachel. Sometimes. Don't look at anybody else, just look at me. Eyes here. Because I love her. Same with God. He loves you so much, He's jealous of you. He's jealous of your allegiance. He's jealous of your attention. He's jealous of where your eyes are looking because He is the only one who knows what He can offer. He is trying to give something to you. He's trying to get something to you. He's trying to minister to you. He's trying to bring something into your world that only He can bring. But when your eyes are everywhere else, oh, maybe, 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 maybe. Listen, it's Him. It's Him. He's the one. He's the one. So what do I do in the midst of my trial? Well, I go to God and I trust Him and Him alone. And then he goes on in verse 9, believers in humble circumstances. That's the next part. So what do I do? And what's the next part? We go, what do I have? What do I have? Do I have? And, and this ta- it is going beyond, I think James is even talking beyond money here. What resources do I have in order to persevere in this trial? What, what is it that I have that I can, my go-to, like, <laughs> that's going to get me through this? And what James is saying is, anything that a person goes to that's not God is going to come to a place where they pass away, where they will be like a flower. And what, what James is talking about when, when, when he, this picture of a flower, um, uh, this was written in a place where um, flowers would uh, pop up in the desert, okay? But then the hot summer wind would come and scorch those flowers and they would wither and, and kind of dry up and go away. He's saying, what's going to happen for those who aren't trusting the Lord, who are who are, who, are, who are going with everything else but God, and he's using money as an example here, okay? What's going to happen to that person is at some point it's going to dry up. Because what they thought was going to get them through it doesn't. 
We can, we can, we can actually, we can, we can, we can um, apply this in any part of our lives. And I think in this day and age, I think a, a great. Uh, we live in we we live in in a, in, a, in a stage now of this world where people have never had so much food to eat. I mean, we are just it's like food to eat everywhere. We can eat and eat and eat, right? Okay, we've 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 never had so much content that we can just like. I mean, you want it? It's there, right? You you can live completely uh, like numb. You can keep eating, and you can keep looking, and you can keep eating and looking and eating and eating and looking and and and. and, and, and but there's going to come a point. There's going to come a point where you begin to realize you're withering and failing. Because anything that's not God, including money, will not sustain you through. And what James is warning is he's warning the believer. He's saying, you know, you, you want to live wise, you, need to, you ought to know this. Don't go to anywhere but God. You know, nothing but God can fulfill us. That's, that's the truth. Sometimes we look to all sorts of things. We look to relationships. We look to, we look to food. We look to... Our media, we look to our jobs, we, 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 we look to parents, we look to brothers and sisters, we look to, we look to all and we get let down. And what tends to happen is in this world and the lifestyle that we all have is that we keep going to something because we can. And because there are companies that have realized they can make a lot of money out of you trying to look for comfort, right? <laughs> so they put the comfort there. They put the convenience there. But at some point, it's not going to work out. And Jesus wants to save you before you get there. Jesus wants to save you before you get there. He wants to, he, he, it's here in the Word of God. It's why we have this. Just go to Him. So what do I do? What do I have? I'm in a position where I... I need something. I'm in a humble circumstance. It's all good. It's all good to be in a humble circumstance. It's all good to be in need. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be in need. Amen? And then he goes on. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because of verse 12. Because he, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. What is the crown of life? Well, that is a reward we get at the end. When we finally go to heaven, there's a crown waiting for you in heaven, right? And then he says this, when tempted, okay, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. And this is kind of solemn. It's like, okay, James, things just got a little serious. Where are we going with this? But he knows that this is a matter of life and death, especially when it comes to temptation. See this persona I'm talking about? What do I do? Well, I don't know what to do. What do I have right now? I don't know what I have. I'm, I'm in need. That position is the position where you will fall into temptation if you're not aware. It's that position. And this is what James is saying. 
It's that moment where you are asking, what do I do? And you don't know what to do. And you start to feel sorry for yourself. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Well, what do I have? I don't, I don't have the resources to get through this. It's that moment where we have that temptation to turn from God. Go back to our own old ways. Go back to what we used to know. Go back to things that we did before. Just go back to old comforts. Old comforts. But James is warning us, isn't he? So guys, this is a matter of life and death. Because in your trial, you will be tempted. You will be tempted. And like the thing with temptation, the thing with sin, that is kind of like hard to talk about, but needs to be said, is often with sin, we like to project it on someone else. Now, now, now James is saying we project it on God. That's why he says, no one should ever say, God is tempting me. Okay? <laughs> what James is saying is, is that that's actually a victim mentality. Yeah. And you need to accept the fact that you are a sinner. That's what he's saying. The reason you're falling into sin is not because of that person or this person or that person or whatever. The reason you're sinning is because you have chosen to sin. Ouchie. But the end product, when we begin to realize that we are responsible for our sin, that we choose to sin, it's us that chooses it. It's me. It's me. The problem's not with God. It's with me. The problem's not with what happened in my life. The problem's with me. It's the choices I'm making. The moment you do that, the moment you lose that kind of, oh, it was everyone else's fault, mentality is the moment you have freedom from sin because you realize that it's you that came from within it didn't come from some external it came from within me I, I made the choice to yell at that cat and kick it I made the choice it wasn't the cat's fault right I made the choice solemn but necessary because God wants to produce steadfastness in you. God wants to produce strength in you. He wants to turn you into an overcomer who no matter what is faced, or no matter what you are facing, no matter what your fears are, no matter what it is that you're up against right now, that you can walk through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You understand? He is trying to get something to you. And he is trying to, through James, this author, what he's saying is when you're in that moment where you're in a trial and you don't know what to do, he is producing something in you. Go to God. When you come to that moment where you realize you don't have the resources, and we all come to that moment, whether it be money or anything, we don't have the resources in order to walk through. Be aware that that is the moment of temptation. That is the moment where the enemy is waiting to strike. He is waiting to get you into that place, but be okay. It's all good because God is there. And as long as you realize that your sin is an issue... As long as you realize that you are going to do everything away from God and make that decision, that choice, oh no, I am, I am going to stay with God in this moment. 
And even if I mess up, even if I fail right now, I'm not, I know that He is still going to accept me. He is the Father that runs out to the Son who failed. He is the Father who loves just like generously and without, without restraint. He will always accept the one who comes back. He always does. He always does because He's the good, good Father, right? That's what we sang this morning. But the problem is, is we don't always choose that, but we need to. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. It does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, the word of truth is the Bible, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all He created. In other words, He is going to make an example of you. People are going to say, I, I know what they've been through, and yet they still praise in the name of the Lord. What the heck? I don't know what they're on, but I want it. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> apologetics, it's good to learn what the Word of God is all about. It's good to learn about what, what to say to a person who doesn't know Jesus and to witness and all of those sorts of things. But can I tell you something? Your biggest witness will be what God takes you through and gives you victory in. That will be your biggest witness. Because it will be produced out of humble circumstances. It will be produced out of something where you weren't enough. But He was. And his name will be made famous. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.